everybody and welcome back to another episode of Vegan Proteins Muscles by Brussels Radio. My name is Danny, And I'm Giacomo. And this is our 46th episode. You know, I'm kind of having fun pre-recording these episodes. Uh, it's, it's, I guess the part that is a little weird for me, it's like, I want to talk about what's going on, but nothing's happened yet, because this episode's, like, we're recording it now, and at the end of January, and it's coming out when? Like, mid-February, but I'll tell you what, we got hit, like, with a freaking snowstorm this weekend. It's been three years, three years, Danny. Since you've gone snowboarding? She I don't care. It. Don't complain. Just to go do it. No, I ha- I mean, I have to. I, I, I went, I went riding, like, every year for... A decade straight and in the last couple of years just haven't gotten a chance to go out so I even told one of my clients I was like look I need you to hold me account I need you to be my snowboarding coach basically you need to be like all right Kelly shout out if you're there <laughs> I, I told her I said ask me if I went snowboarding if I didn't tell me I have to go so that's what I'm up to this podcast <laughs> should be coming out a few days after my 33rd birthday, which is cool. Uh, three is my favorite number, so 33 should be pretty good. We ought to be gearing up to head out to Disneyland, which is uh, where my good friend and a previous podcast guest, Sarah Russert, will be getting married in Disneyland um, early March. And I'm a bridesmaid. I've never been in a wedding in my entire adult life, like all of my friends growing up were like, oh my God, I'm in a wedding, I'm in another wedding, I'm in this wedding, I'm in that wedding. Never been asked to be in a wedding. But Sarah has honored me by asking me to be in her wedding. So I'm super excited about that. Hopefully she'll be hearing this just as you know, she's probably gearing up to head out there too. And then we're heading straight from that wedding to Acapulco to get on the vegan cruise ship, which as some of you might remember, we did last year. And yeah, we're actually gonna be a few days late onto the cruise ship because we'll be in this wedding, but then we're going straight there. That should be super exciting. And right now our tour schedule for the year is starting to unfold and it is looking awesome. Awesome. I don't have the exact dates yet, but we'll be in California like four or five times, Phoenix, uh, Dallas, Fort Lauderdale. Am I forgetting? I know I'm forgetting stuff. Oh, there's way more. I mean, there'll be, a, let's see. You know what? We send out a newsletter and the last one, like if you have that last email in your inbox, check out the tour dates on the bottom of it, but we're going to be sending out another newsletter. Basically, our tour dates will be on every newsletter that we send out. Yeah, that was so. funny. Somebody sent me a message on Instagram and said, oh, I heard you're going to be in Dallas. Can I help you out with this, that, or the other? And I was like, how did you know that? <laughs> I was like, uh, it's in the email you just sent out. And I was like, oh, clearly Giacomo handles the email. What really <laughs> cracks me up Yeah, is that <laughs> our friends... And, and like, I don't know, the community, they, they seem to think that you and I, just because when they tell you something, that I know it and vice versa. And you would think so, because we work together, like we eat, live, breathe, sleep, do everything together, but we also have our separate offices and we're just constantly trying to do as much as possible. So it's p- quite possible that when you tell one of us something, the other has no idea. Yeah, it's pretty, we just don't have time to tell each other everything and 
stuff slips through the cracks. It's it's a little funny, but it's yeah. getting better. It's getting better. Anyway, this is today should be a pretty fun episode, actually, not too uh, heavy-hearted. Today we're going to be talking about gym gear and fitness gear that we can't live without. People ask us for our recommendations for gym-related things all the time, and I feel like we're kind of like... Uh, spoiled brats in the gym, actually. You way more so than me. I am, what a gym princess. Oh my goodness. Um, but we play with a lot of gym toys, and some are hits, some are misses, and some we can't live without. Today's episode of Muscles by Brussels Radio is proudly sponsored by Health IQ, a life insurance company that specifically rewards vegan lifters for their health conscious choices with lower rates. I found the application process to be pretty cool. Should you have a nutrition journal like MyFitnessPal, for example, you could submit your data to them and they will reward your health-based choices like eating plant-based with some of the lowest quotes that you can possibly find out there because they're catered to you. Vegans have lower all-cause mortality rate, a lower risk of heart disease, and a lower risk of cancer. So why not take advantage of the savings we receive for living a more health-minded life? Head over to healthiq.com forward slash vegan proteins to both support our show and to see just how low of a rate you can qualify for for being the healthy person that you are. Did you just call me a gym princess? I sure did. That, that was directed I 100% did, yes. Eh, I guess I can't really argue that too much. I mean, I really do love my gym gear, so while this is called the episode of gym gear that we can't live without, I, I may try to squeeze a couple ones in there that Danny's going to find questionable. But we'll... He's like a hoarder of gym <laughs> gear. <laughs> but, uh, but you can pick and choose, and, and we'll do our best to talk about the, the equipment that we feel is essential, uh, and, and then, you know, go down the line. All right, Danny. If you were on a deserted island and you could only have one piece of gym equipment with you and that was it, what would that one piece of equipment be? VersaGrips. It would be VersaGrips. They're my absolute favorite. Okay, so VersaGrips are kind of like lifting straps. Uh, they Velcro around your wrist, however, and there's a flap that comes off near your palm and it allows you to get a crazy good grip on anything. So I use it for any kind of deadlift I'm doing, whether it's a deadlift or Romanian deadlift, any rows, dumbbell rows, pendlay rows, barbell rows, seated cable rows, any pull down, any pull up, anything I have to pull, I'm using my VersaGrips for it. And the reason for this is because one, I'm a bodybuilder primarily, so a lot of people say, I don't want to use straps because I don't want my grip to get weak. Your grip is not going to get weak. That's, I've never seen that happen. It's not the most specific thing for a power lifter who's not allowed to use straps, but if a power lifter is working in like a four plus rep range, there's no harm in using straps so that you get the most bang for your buck because if your forearms are the limiting factor in either deadlifting or doing a pull down, then you're going to be cheating your back or your posterior chain out of work that it could be doing. I find that it gives me much better uh, lat and back engagement to have it on, to have them on. And for my clients who really truly do have weak grips, it allows us to, uh, you know, we train without the grips until their grip starts to fail 
Then we throw the Versa grips on and continue to train the rest of the session like that, and it allows them to still get in all that volume that maybe their grip couldn't handle, and I love them. Yeah, they're a game changer for sure. Specifically rows and pull downs. Mm -hmm. All those reps, repetitions, all those repetitions over time, all the volume that you do to engage your lats, your forearms, they get trained so easily. And it's like you can just get so much more back work done with those versatile grips on. They've saved me from elbow injuries doing pull-ups, actually. In fact, when I did injure my elbow, which I had a golfer's elbow for a long time, from doing a pull-up on scaffolding outside like a jackass, I obviously didn't have my grips when I did that, and I swear to God that's why my elbow got injured, because my wrists couldn't quite handle it. If you recall, the both of us were on prep at the same time. That was fun, by the way. And I think with the dieting, we weren't able to fully recover from our workouts. We were beating the hell out of our arms and back and stuff. And at one point or another, both you and I had golfer's elbow and tennis elbow. Well, you had the tennis and I had the golfers and we had all the uh, tendons and the elbow covered there. It was crazy. We were fighting over who had to carry in the groceries because neither of us wanted to pick up anything. But yeah, long story short, those versa grips definitely saved our, our grip. I take them everywhere I go when I travel because, you know, sometimes I don't want to take all my chunky, huge gym equipment with me, but those Versa grips are tiny. I can fit them in the side pocket of my backpack. They go everywhere with me. All right. And I feel a little differently. What's, I, what's, I, yeah. What's, what's your item? I know. I know what it is, but go ahead. What is it? It's not the Can Versa I guess? Grips. Do I get to guess? No. I mean, you, you could. It's your belt. <laughs> it's your belt <laughs> well first of all i mean we have to remember the scenario over here we're on a deserted island so while the versa grips are practical in the real world where there's an actual gym to train at maybe when you're picking up rocks and stones and stuff the grips aren't really going to help you out climbing too much. trees like hello what if okay but they're not going to wrap around all the branches <laughs> point is a weightlifting belt on the other hand is indispensable on a desert island because no matter what you're doing, you can always stand to benefit from using a weightlifting belt and to better brace your core against the belt by taking a deep breath in, doing a Valsalva maneuver. Google that in case you're curious, Valsalva maneuver. And what it means is you take a big, deep, big belly breath and you expand the air around your spine, brace your core that way and it keeps your, it, it just gives you more power. I have to give a shout out to my client and friend Iaz because he taught me something about the Valsalva maneuver recently yes, that I apparently Giacomo knew, but I didn't, I, it had never occurred to me. So when you do the Valsalva maneuver, you're taking a huge breath and you're really, really bearing down. And if you see somebody lifting and it looks like they're going to explode out of their face, they're probably doing the Valsalva maneuver and it's effective, but you know, it's uncomfortable, right? This doesn't feel good. But what he said was like, after you take the breath in, close off your throat and release the pressure in your sinuses. Just let the air just in your head out of your sinuses and you don't feel like you're going to explode out of your face. And that now people that don't know what it is are like, what the hell are these two talking about? So yeah, Google Valsalva maneuver, use it for all of your major compound lifts, especially if they're under the five rep range and let the sinus pressure out of your face and yes thank you so much for teaching me that okay carry on with your belt yeah no first of all thank you for saying that because we don't need heads exploding because people listen to this podcast that mm -hmm. would be a bad thing 
The belt that I like to use is made by Strength Shop USA. Yeah, so most weightlifting belts are made out of leather. And leather is like, it, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of the gold standard in the industry, but obviously it's not something that we do. And I think it's kind of one of those things that it's only the gold standard in the industry because it's the way it's always been done. Because mm -hmm. I think maybe way back when people started using some kind of lifting belts, that was the strongest material that there was. But, you know, technology has come a really long way since then. And uh, the strength shop belts are vegan and they are just as strong, at least just as strong. Um, if anything, the metal part of a belt of the strength shop belts gives out before, before the um, imitation leather part does. But that said, you know, I've had my belt for at least five years and it's still going strong. I know you busted out of your belt recently. Yeah, they upgraded the, the clip, though. And the second they found that I busted out of the clip, they're like, we got an even better one. It's called Riot Steel. So Yeah, they took care of you. Really good company. Seriously. And the, the one I like in particular is a 13 millimeter lever belt because that's, that's, uh, that's the thickest one that you can have. And, and still, you can use it. You know, it's, it's competition legal. There you go. Thank you. Words and stuff. <laughs> And I think the other thing I remember you saying about the, uh, I think the other thing I remember you saying about leather belts, and, and it made sense, right? I mean, are they, are they, you know, you want the belt to be as tight as possible, and isn't leather kind of... Like, I would assume it... that it would stretch over time because it's essentially skin. Right. Which is gross and creepy. And I just feel like the vegan one is more effective. I mean, I have worn a leather belt, uh, in my life, and uh, I don't, I think that the Strength Shop belt is outstanding. And they have station in the US, in the UK. Uh, you can get them pretty much all over now, I believe. So, yeah, awesome stuff. Uh, next, okay, so Giacomo has some essentials here that I don't think are essential. So, we're gonna skip over his for a second. And I'm gonna talk about one that is not actually uh, lifting gear per se but it is my um, iSport Freedom headphones. So they're big over-the-ear headphones. I got them on Amazon years ago. They were expensive for headphones, but they were still like cheaper than Beats, if I recall. And Beats are garbage, the sound is garbage, the quality is garbage, and they fall apart. These things, I've been using them for six years. I'm on my second pair, and the first pair only bit the dust because my dog ate it. Joey. And the sound quality on them is outstanding. I only have to charge it like once every other week or so. And Giacomo knows how much I listen to these headphones. And they, they're not completely noise canceling, but they do cancel out quite a bit of noise in the gym. And I just, if I get to the gym and I realize I forgot them, I mean, everyone's bummed when they realize they forgot their headphones, right? But I always have a spare like plug-in earbuds and it is so not the same. So these are wireless, so I'm not like connected to my phone per se. And uh, yeah, they're just, they're amazing. Outstanding, outstanding in every way. But are they good enough to prevent people from interrupting you? Oh yes, set? they totally tell everybody to screw and not talk to me. Yes, I, I call them my fuck off headphones basically. And it really, 
is effective. Every once that. in a while you get a winner that'll like tap on you while you're exercising with the headphones on. And it's like, come on. <laughs> yeah. But. I mean, I think I give off strong get away from me vibes at the gym. Pretty strong. While also simultaneously asking me why no one talks to you at That's the gym. True. That's true. <laughs> I'm like, Danny, because you're in the zone. Do your thing. Everybody talks to you, Giacomo. No one ever wants to talk to me. And he's like, that's because you kind of look like a bit. No, he doesn't actually no. say that. <laughs> but I know that I know that that's true. All right, let's talk about your other stuff. Uh, for, the, for what it's worth, people do ask me for headphone recommendations frequently enough that I felt like those were worth mentioning. Because no one knows about them except for Nadej, has the same headphones, who works in tech. So I'm just saying, those who know, know. Go on. Talk about your shoes or whatever you want to talk about next. I don't know. I, th I think I secretly want to try headphones, but I don't want to admit yeah. that maybe you picked the better pair. So I'm just going to stick with mine and I'll mm -hmm. just keep quiet about the ones that I use and keep using them. Mm -hmm. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. Shoes. People ask about shoes a lot. And uh, like the belt, there's a lot of shoes on the market that are not vegan. But there are a lot of shoes on the market that are synthetic now. And... Uh, to the point that I feel like it's not even that big of a deal anymore to find vegan shoes like it used to be. Well, I started off with, I don't want to say a non-name brand, but not a, a brand that's popular in the States over here, uh, but very popular in Europe, or at least it looked like it was. Innovate, I-N-N-O-V-A. I think they're pretty popular here too. They are now, but when I bought them oh. years ago, they were Oh, you know, trendsetter. Go ahead. And you know, the, the price was right, you know, because I think you pay a little more for the, you know, the Adidas or the Nikes. Not that maybe, maybe they're a little better, maybe they're not, but you do pay extra for that name. And regardless, the Innovate had really good reviews. And I'll tell you what, I was not disappointed at all. As a matter of fact, they exceeded my expectations. Those were the first pair of lifting shoes that I ever owned. Uh, the kind that I bought were called Fast Lift, and they just keep making newer and newer models. But I think they're all built pretty damn sturdy. Lasted a long time, fairly priced, synthetic material, really cemented my feet into the, onto the gym floor, basically. And that's what you want out of a lifting shoe. There's a little bit of a lift in the heel, and with that lift in the heel, you're able to cement your foot onto the gym floor. Now, it, that just sounds like a good thing, like it's a no-brainer. It's not necessarily true. Different people have different preferences, and honestly, this really all comes down to feel. I won't even necessarily say it's body mechanics. It really is just feel. Some people like lifting with flat-soled shoes, like, say, a Converse Chuck Taylor, for example, or a van skateboarding shoe. Some people like lifting barefooted on certain exercises, including squats. But others do enjoy the lift in the heel and how it helps cement their foot onto the gym floor. I've actually only recently started using less, I wanna say six years, but before that, for the longest time, I lifted with flats all shoes. That said, I don't think anybody has to like rush out and get an expensive lifting shoe, because like Giacomo said, you can do it in Converse or Chucks, but what I would say is do not squat or deadlift in running sneakers, like traditional trainers, because those shoes are designed to absorb shock when you run so that it's easier on your joints. But when you're squatting or you're deadlifting, you do not want anything to steal your force, basically. A thick rubber-soled shoe like that that is designed to absorb shock is going to, one, steal some of your force. And secondly, they're not the most stable. Like if you ever watch somebody squatting heavy 
in regular sneakers, you can see their foot kind of like shifting all around. So when Giacomo says, oh, they really glued me to the floor, that's what he means is he wasn't shifted around. Your foot doesn't move because you're in a flat shoe that's stuck to the floor and like pretty heavy bottomed. So you can like, you can lift in running shoes, you can do rows and bicep curls and you know, stuff like that. But if you're going to do like some heavy, hard compound lifting where you're standing, you want to be in a flat shoe of some kind. And it's the number one feedback that I give to my clients when they send me progress videos. I'm like, either take your shoes off or get flat shoes. It's going to make a difference. Yeah, it's it's more common, you would think. I would say more than half the form checks that I get is the same exact thing. You're, people are losing so much power by not having their feet firmly planted on the floor because of those And they're less trainers. stable because of the cross trainers. And it, you know, it puts you at a higher risk for injury if you're less stable as well, right? Yeah, so, of course. Anyway, I mean, I have my lifting shoes. I think I have the Adidas Fast Lifts. Is that what I'm using now? I, I, I'm not a sneakerhead. No, I, and I was about to say, if you are a sneakerhead and you and you want the goods, the Adidas, they're called Adidas Powerlifts. There are other ones also that honestly I'm not aware. I don't know which ones they are that are vegan, but I know the Adidas Powerlift ones are. I haven't had to use them in so long because I haven't been able to squat because of my shoulder and my back, but... I actually, as of last week, which is the second week of January when we're recording this, I did decide to recommit to the squat. So yes, now I am bringing my squat shoes to the gym one day a week just for that one exercise and I'll change back into my other shoes. Because you don't want to be wearing a heeled shoe all the time either. So it's like I tell people, you need to really like squatting before you commit to a squat shoe <laughs> because it's expensive and you are only wearing it for a couple of lifts and then changing. So anyway. Yeah. Now this next one, I feel like to this day, you and I kind of debate the efficacy of it, but I do enjoy me a good floss band. It's a $10 item. I use it every single day. It's basically a latex band that you wrap around your elbow. It looks like an ace bandage, but made out of latex. It pretty much, and when you wrap it around your elbow tightly, and you can wrap it around other areas too, like your calf, for example, or, or your knee, but when you wrap it around tightly, we'll, we'll use the elbow as an example, once you start moving your elbow around by extending your forearm in different directions, the latex expands and contracts, and it gives a little bit of a myofascial release, or a massage, if you will, around your elbow, and I really like the way it just sort of gets things moving a little better right before I train. I don't think I dispute the efficacy of it. I think that it hurts so much and it breaks all of the blood vessels in my forearms when I do it. And then I look like I have hickeys all over my arms for like two days until I do it again. So it's just not, it's not practical for me. Your skin must just be tougher than mine. Maybe, I gotta say, when I first used it, I, I felt like that, but I persisted, and after a couple of weeks, I guess I got used to the oh, sensation. it's like calluses on your hand, but all right, all maybe. right. Maybe, maybe. I'll give, maybe I'll give it another shot now that I'm actually lifting like a lifter again. Uh, my next one is actually an app. It's called Strong, and a, a lot of people ask, how do you track your workouts? And I use this app called Strong. Actually, can I see your phone? Is it in here? 
It is not. Of course it's not. I signed up for this app years ago at the recommendation of a client. And back then you could download the app for free and use it for a week. And then if you liked it, there was an upcharge to buy the app. And I want to say it was like $7. Now I've had it since then. I'm like grandfathered in at that price. But from what I've heard, it is more expensive now than it was then. But if you want to track your workouts carefully, I still think this is the best app out there. You can save your workouts in there. You can add new exercises if they're not already in there. It tracks your volume. It tracks your one, your estimated one rep max. It tracks your intensity. It tracks so much. I believe they also just did a MyFitnessPal integration, uh, which I haven't done because I don't really have a need for it. But it is just such an amazing app. To date, I think I've logged over just about 400 workouts in there. And I can look back at every single workout over the last several years and see how much my volume or estimated one rep max has gone up or when I got injured. That was a sad graph when it started to come back down. It's just fantastic. It has rest timers in it. It's just a great app. But uh, let me look it up and see how much it actually uh, costs people now. I don't even, I don't, I can't think of a single app outside of my fitness pal that I use. And that's not anyone could say that gym gear. To me, it's like, I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know. To, to me, it's like the more things that I could put in my bag of goodies to the gym, the better off I'll be. But, uh, but yeah, Danny sounds like she's, she's been able to geek out on this strong app for yep. a while now. Yep. I'm a nerd and I like data and I like looking at it and I like being able to think back and be like, oh, remember when I was on this hot streak in 2017, I was like making crazy gains. Like what was I doing while that was happening? And I can just swipe back and see exactly what I did on that day. You can save notes in there. Like let's say you did a weird exercise and you're like, oh, maybe I was doing this weird exercise back then. But no, you could put a note in and be like, I only did this because this machine was taken. True. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm a little more old-fashioned in that sense. I, I'm a data freak as well, but I stick to my the notes on my phone and an Excel spreadsheet, and that's pretty much it. Why can't I find out how much it costs? See, I have Excel spreadsheets as well, but it's just an extra step. True. And that sounds really cool, actually. Oh, here we go. Hang on. Upgrade. Yeah, so it is significantly more expensive now. I kind of can't believe I got it for $7. <laughs> now it's $5 a month, which I still think is totally worth it, by the way. Or $30 for the year, or $70 for the for lifetime. So I got it for $7 because I got in on the ground floor. Y'all should have listened to me when I told you about this back then, just saying. Because I did. You just didn't listen. All right. Next. I had to sell you on this piece of equipment for a while, actually. You were like, another purchase, Giacomo? Another, like, how many gizmos and gadgets are you going to take to the gym? This is a piece of plastic. It's useless. It's not useless. It's magic. Go ahead. Tell me it's not. That's no, pretty good. That's right. Otherwise, I won't let you use it. <laughs> it's called a dead wedge. And it's this stupid little orange $10 piece of plastic that you put in your gym. And it's like, oh, God, another piece of equipment he's bringing to the gym. But this one Explain works Explain what wonders. it does. Basically, it's a little, it, it looks like a doorstop kind of, yeah. but it has a lip on it. And you, when you're loading up the plates on a barbell, 
you know how, you know how when you're using more than one plate, you kind of have to pick up the barbell just to load if you don't have one of those lifting It's tanks. such a pain to load. I mean, it's a pain to load 135 onto a barbell that's on the floor, um, but it's a huge pain to load 225, 315, uh, 405 onto a barbell and then take it off. She does bro math. That's a keeper right there. <laughs> Anyhow. Thank you. I feel so validated. Mm. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm just saying. Anyway, you take one of the 45 pound plates and you put it onto this dead wedge. And what it does is it elevates that one. A the little... first plate. Yes. It elevates the first plate off of the gym floor a little bit. And then allows you to easily slide off and on more plates. So it's, it actually saves your back. It saves your energy for the exercise. It just makes the workout go so much smoother. So if you've ever been to like a, a serious powerlifting gym and they have the barbell jack, it literally is like a car jack, but for a barbell so you can load all the plates on and off easily. It's like a teeny tiny version of that. It is actually pretty fantastic. And along with that, I'm going to say the Hampton bar pad. So the super fat barbell pad for doing hip thrusts, not for squatting, don't use this don't use this pad to squat please but hip thrusts even when you're doing them 100% correctly they're going to bruise your hip bones and it hurts not in a good way yes it burns the glutes and it's more and more research coming out to say that it's the most effective glute building exercise that there is even more so than the deadlift just saying but a squat pad a regular squat pad is still not going to be enough as soon as you get past what, like 80 pounds on the glute bridge or the hip thrust, which you will quickly, because it will be your strongest exercise in your arsenal, it's going to start to leave bruises. So what this Hampton bar pad, or you can look up hip thrust barbell pad, and it's super, super fat. Like the whole thing is maybe four or five inches, and it's made with a super dense foam, like, like a really almost rubbery uh, memory foam type of situation and they do break down. We probably go through three of them a year, I would say, but Giacomo is also hip thrusting well over 500 pounds, like on the regular. I am not doing that, but you know, I can't, <laughs> I can't squat to save my life right now, but I can still hip thrust 225 pretty easily. And that would really hurt without some padding on it. And the Hampton bar pad protects my hip bones from getting absolutely wrecked. And I recommend it to everybody that complains about hip thrust pain. Same. And I, I, I just started crossing over the 500 pound mark. Um, but that being said, one thing I did want to mention with the Hampton bar pad is that once you start hip thrusting over 400 pounds, it can still kind of go through the merry foam because it's a lot of weight. And so I usually like to keep like a gym mat or a yoga mat underneath it just for a little bit of extra padding. Yeah, that is a good, that's a good gym hack. If you don't have any of those things, you can take a yoga mat and wrap it around the bar or fold it up multiple times and put it under the bar. It's just a little bit less convenient. Okay, I'm doing my best to whittle down this list because I have like, I don't know, 10 more things that I want to recommend. It's like but... a dear diary. Yeah, this is the gym gear that we need, not the gym gear that we crave. The next one I would say that is pretty important to consider would be liquid chalk. This is one of those genius inventions. Well, it, it's not quite as useful as actual chalk. It's also gym friendly. So why would somebody want to use chalk at all? 
Good question. To have a drier grip the same way you would as in rock climbing or any other sport that requires like your hands to not slip. Your hands get sweaty when you train, for example. It just it basically just dries out your hands so you can grip the weight easier. I think it adds a little bit of texture too. Mm. But a lot of the problem with chalk is many, many, many gyms do not allow chalk because it is messy. And they're not just being assholes. It really is messy and it gets everywhere. Gets in the air, it gets on the floor. If it gets wet and on the floor, forget about it. You're all done. So most powerlifting gyms allow chalk and encourage chalk, but there are many, many more mainstream gyms that don't allow chalk. So liquid chalk comes in a bottle like a, like a hand sanitizer. Yeah, you, they even sell ones that you can attach to your keychain. That way when you go traveling or something like that, you have chalk on the go. And I, to date, I haven't had a single gym anywhere that we have gone across the nation that, have, that has complained about us using liquid chalk. I have had gyms complain about the other chalk. And although I really wanted to use it, I understand like it's not, you know, you have to follow the gym etiquette and protocol. Some places will allow it and that's cool and other places request that you don't and you got to respect the rules so the next one that i would recommend would be bfr bands which stands for blood flow restriction training Um, we've talked about this technique on the podcast before and there's a couple different types of bands you can get and i actually like two different kinds of bands, believe it or not, depending on what body part I'm training. But essentially what it is is a tourniquet that you put either on your very upper arm or your very upper thigh and you train the limbs uh, distal to that. But you can also train the muscles just proximal of those bands. So for example, if I have the band on my upper arm, I can do side lateral raises and still get a similar training effect. So the purpose for this is you can do much, much lighter weight and still get the same training effect as if you were lifting heavy weights. Um, You can look up the research by Dr. Uh, Jeremy Lenneke, and I believe it originally was used on injured NFL players so that they didn't lose muscle mass. So it's an awesome, awesome technique. Definitely check it out. But there's two types of bands. I actually like the cheap, 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 medical tourniquets for my arms. Now I'm a female, I'm like 140 pounds, maybe a bigger dude would want to get the actual, they're called BFR bands. Those run you like 30 bucks. But the cheap medical tourniquets for your upper arms are like six bucks for two pairs or something. They're super cheap and they have a quick release button. They're awesome, I love them. And then for my legs, I actually use knee wraps for my legs because The cheap tourniquets and the actual BFR bands are both just too small to really occlude the blood in my legs. So I find that using knee wraps that you would wrap around your knees when doing a heavy squat, which I actually have never used to wrap around my knees during a heavy squat, but I use them to wrap around my very, very upper thigh when I'm doing BFR training. It gives you a massive and embarrassing bubble butt that I then make Giacomo come stand guard so that... Nobody looks at me funny while I'm doing it every time, every time. Yeah, I know. It's a little comical, but also I'm kind of like wondering what the hell that must feel like. Because honestly, I have, I don't know if you know this, I have not occluded my legs yet. What? Yeah. What? I mean, I think I tried it out when we were first getting into BFR training years ago, but I never actually, I've just occluded my arms. I haven't gotten the chance to train 
Uh, I guess like you don't really have to because your lower body is so overpowering to your upper body that I guess you don't need to do anything special to grow your lower body, but I'm the opposite of that. But I've occluded my arms, so I don't know. Is it painful compared to upper body? Oh, yeah. All, <laughs> like, all of the blood in your body is just trapped in your legs, and you're like, I might die. But it's only for a couple minutes. Don't worry, guys. It's fine. Anyway. I, I really don't know how to narrow this list down, Dave. I feel like everything All right, Giacomo, else... you can pick one more thing off of this list. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could do that. Let me look. Oh, God. Uh, and this is not easy. How about two? Can't pick no. two things. No, one. All right. All right. Yeah, you're, you're pointed to the one that I'm gravitating towards. Of but course, because this... I know you. Yeah, but they're, but they're both kind of necessary. Come on. All right, fine. A7 shirts. A7 shirts have the the same technology that say football gloves do like that that uh, sticky material on the or hands or like the fuzzy socks you get at the dollar store yeah what is silicone silicone yeah. there we go that's the word i'm looking for so they, have sil- they have silicone on the backing and that material makes it so that anything that your the back of your shirt attaches to like say a barbell or um the mat the matting on a bench it sticks to now if you're dealing with... It's grippy. It's grippy. You don't actually stick to it. Yeah, so now if you're dealing with mats... If you're dealing with gym padding on a bench that is newer or made to spec for, say, competition, it's going to be tacky, it's going to be sticky. But if you're if you're on a machine where the... If you're on a bench where the, the pad hasn't been changed in a while or if it's just not tacky... You can slip and slide all over the place, especially if you bench with an arch. So to me, having that A7 shirt makes it so that I can go to any commercial gym, no matter how long the equipment's been there. It doesn't have to be a tacky bench. Padding doesn't have to be tacky. It doesn't matter. You're going to stick to that. I've offered to just take a regular t-shirt and hot glue gun some silicone onto the upper back and said it'll be the same thing and it won't cost us $60 a shirt. But Giacomo says no, he needs a whole new wardrobe. Now they're like 30 a shirt. <laughs> but no, the other thing that I find them to be really useful for are barbells that don't have good teeth, good nearling on them. And some, some of the older barbells, if, if the gym hasn't upgraded to the newer style ones, they can slip and slide all over your back, especially if your gym is humid and you're getting sweaty, like say the dead of summer or if you're working out outdoors. So I do think they have their place. I, I tried to get you on those shirts. I don't even think you, you haven't even tried one yet, have you? No. Ah, you're missing out. Anyway, uh, do you have any other gym gear that you feel is essential? Or, mm. or have we exhausted I mean, I quests? sure do, but I, I, we could go on all day with the stuff that we actually use. But I think I covered the stuff that is like really, like I really cannot work out without it. It was For me, it's a pretty short list. I can I can train... Pretty much no matter what. I mean, I guess we didn't cover knee sleeves at all. How did we miss knee sleeves? Oh my. Wow, Jackmo. Way to drop the ball. Oh. A7 shirts, knee sleeves. No, no. Knee, knee sleeves knee are... sleeves. Way more important than an A7 shirt. Yes. Yes. And knee sleeves... Well, they're, they're not going to necessarily give you any advantage as far as being able to lift more. What they do... Well, they're made of neoprene right? Kind of the same material that a scuba suit is made out of. And what they do is when you, when you put them on your knees, they warm up your knee and... They compress it. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. they do. I think they give it a little bit of stability. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, if you have if you have four hundred pounds on your back and you're not getting up, you're not getting up just because you put a knee sleeve on. But you know, if it's the difference between like five pounds, it can help you. I I felt the first time I ever tried them, I immediately felt stronger in my squats. Yeah, feel stronger in my hack squats. Feel stronger in my leg presses. The way that I like to think about them is that I'm wearing this thing on my knee. And because it, my knee is getting warmed up as well, it helps increase my proprioception. I'm more aware of where my knee is tracking. Mm -hmm. And so I'm much more likely to have the proper mechanics to lift more. So that's where I feel you get an advantage. And also it helps you lift more safely. Not necessarily that you're just going to be stronger just because you're putting them on. You know what I mean? As opposed to, say, wrapping your knees, that would actually give you an advantage. Yeah. And we use the um, SBD competition tight knee sleeves. I think they were like a hundred bucks a pair when we got them. But have you ever gotten a second pair? No. No, me either. We've had them for like over, we've had them for about five years, I think, right? They're Roughly? still just as tight. Yeah, they're fantastic. So don't, if you are going to get them, I would say just spring for the more expensive ones because they will last you forever. I'm glad we caught that. Today's episode of Muscles by Brussels Radio is proudly sponsored by Health IQ, a life insurance company that specifically rewards vegan lifters for their health conscious choices with lower rates. I found the application process to be pretty cool. Should you have a nutrition journal like MyFitnessPal, for example, you could submit your data to them and they will reward your health-based choices like eating plant-based with some of the lowest quotes that you can possibly find out there because they're catered to you. Vegans have lower all-cause mortality rate, a lower risk of heart disease, and a lower risk of cancer. So why not take advantage of the savings we receive for living a more health-minded life? Head over to healthiq.com forward slash vegan proteins to both support our show and to see just how low of a rate you can qualify for for being the healthy person that you are. questions so i'm gonna pull one out of our bag of tricks over here and ask giacomo all right this is a very simple one and i don't know who asked it motivation how oh boy all right well we just had our, our habits and ritual episode and I, I wouldn't really call that motivation so uh habits and rituals like those are things that keep you going when the motivation's gone so i guess my answer to this question first would be you're not always going to be motivated and you do need to find ways to consistently get your butt to the gym. And even when you have, more often than not, they're going to be good workouts and sometimes they're crappy workouts and that's okay too. But you get, you get the training in day in and day out and eventually you get the job done and you get better and better at it. That being said, there are ways to get hype and amped up and motivated when you're not feeling like it. And to answer your question, I real both of us really dig the motivational speeches comp the motivational speech compilations on YouTube. Wait, caveat. I save that. I save those for the darkest, hardest times. You do not want to just use those all willy-nilly any day you're kind of feeling crummy. I do that on days where I'm like, I might not make it through today. Then I'll find one of those and listen to it to extract the juice. Nope. I'm a junkie. I, I could listen to it day in and day out. Like I could never have enough. But that being said, there are other ways I like to get motivated too. I like making gym playlists of my favorite songs that remind me of times when I was competing or whatnot. In addition, and this, whether, 
in addition, competing or not, I do find visualization is incredibly helpful. So it sometimes I visualize what I'm doing right before I'm about to do it. Or like, let's say I wanted to squat 400 pounds. I'll visualize another time that I squatted 400 pounds and boom, it'll motivate me to do it. But that being said, sometimes I can just visualize getting set up to lift the weight or just something else that gets me charged up, something that gets me fired up. It could be anything. I really strongly believe that visualization before you lift or even the night before can make a big difference. So visualization, music, and is that, is that pretty much it? anything you want to add to that? Uh, yeah, for me, the one of the biggest ways that I stay motivated is to try and remember why I wanted to do this thing in the first place. Um, that is really important to me. And I guess depending on what you're struggling with, whether it's getting to the gym or if it's eating in a certain way, uh, think about who you want to be. Do you want to be somebody? Do you want to be an athlete? Do you want to be somebody who eats healthy most of the time. Like if you think about that identity that you want, then I find that it's a lot easier to do the actions to become that. And then one day you wake up and you are that thing. And then that is further motivating for future goals as well. So yeah. All right. I gotta grab another question. This one will be for you, Danny. What federations have you competed with before? And what bodybuilding federations do you like and why do you like them? So I have competed with the OCB, the INBF, and the Naturally Fit Federation, and I've judged for the Naturally Fit Federation. Um, I think those are the only ones I've ever actually competed with, um, but I've coached clients through more than I could even list, but like lots and lots of natural organizations, some more well-known than others, and also the NPC and another two other untested federations um, in other countries that I can't remember what they stand for, actually. Um, I think that as far as natural organizations go, I think the INBF is the most competitive natural organization in the world. Um, they definitely bring out the best natural athletes in the world. If you want sick competition, the INBF are the ranks that you want to climb. If you saw Worlds, <laughs> uh, IN, INBF, their pro league is uh, the WMBF. If you saw the WMBF Worlds this year, it was insane. I mean, every single person up there could hold their own on an untested stage. Every single one of them. But it is tested. And the INBF um, thoroughly drug tests, actually, which I love about them. They're polygraph test was far and away the, the uh, scariest polygraph test that I've taken, more so than the OCB. Um, but the OCB, I actually, I think they're a fantastic organization as well, in particular in, the, in this part of the country, they're my favorite organization to compete with. I feel like they really care about the athlete. They make it a more, uh, they make it as fun of an experience for the athlete as possible. And I feel like it's very fairly judged. Um, I think a lot of this comes down to the promoters of the specific show. So there's these organizations, but almost anybody could be like, I want to promote an OCB show in whatever city they live in, or I want to promote an IMBF show or a Naturally Fit show in whatever city they live in. And it comes down to the promoters, who they pick for judges, um, how well it's going to go. 
So one thing that I will say about the NPC, because I'm kind of dancing around that, I don't care for the NPC at all because I'm not a huge fan of untested um, bodybuilding. That's If I was, I'd compete in it. <laughs> but because I'm a lifelong natural and will stay a lifelong natural, I prefer to compete in natural organizations. That said, I have friends who are natural who compete in the unnatural organizations, the untested organizations, and they, some of them do well, some of them get creamed. It really just depends. Um, I do feel like there's a lot of politicking that goes on kind of in all the organizations really, but at the top of the NPC, it's like, it's really slimy. Some of the politicking that goes on all the way up there. So I'm pretty, pretty anti NPC. Um, although I've coached plenty of people through it. <clears throat> that said, one thing I will definitely give to the NPC over all of the other organizations is they have their shit together as a federation. Like everything is so standardized from one show to the next. You could have a show with 15 athletes or 300 athletes. They're all going to run exactly the same. Now the judging could be a little bit different from show to show, but you know what to expect at an NPC show. You're always going to have, you know, your 15 seconds before you walk off as opposed to some natural shows where you can be out there for 15 minutes doing your quarter turns. Um, and the NPC is very united as opposed to uh, like the IMBF has different owners on the East Coast and on the West Coast and the natural organizations are very disjointed whereas the only untested federations in the United States are the NPC um, slash IFBB and NABA, um, which I believe NABA is international as well. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's hard to speak on it because every organization that we talk to is always saying, man, I wish we could all work together. And then when we hear that they all try to talk to each other, we get the same response. Is like too many egos involved in every single... Different people from different organizations have said the same thing to us. So... I think it's just hard when you have ownership and pride in what you're doing and you want things done a certain way. Mm -hmm. Who knows? But it would be really awesome if all the organizations, if you're hearing this, if you could all just one day get together and form one giant natty organization yeah. to rule them all. Yeah, because right Ugh. now it's, it's hard for the athlete, you know, because sometimes like the posing criteria is slightly different from organization to organization. Or the band substance list is slightly different from organization to organization. Or the the suit, the posing require the posing suit requirements can be different. Like I've seen people compete in um, the INBF one weekend a certain way in bikini and place wonderfully, and then the next weekend at an OCB show get like disqualified for a certain pose, and it's like it's really hard to keep up with from uh, from an athlete perspective. So you really have to study your your um, organization. That said, the three that I mentioned, INBF, OCB, and Naturally Fit Federation, in my opinion, are the best ones out there. And that's another episode of Vegan Proteins Muscles by Brussels Radio. Feel free to keep the conversation going and stay in touch with us on the social medias on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Vegan Proteins, at Muscles by Brussels. You name it, we're out there. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Once again, my name's Giacomo. And I'm Danny. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye.